Hello, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Kingdom Podcaster. I'm your host, Kenneth Woodard. This podcast prepares you like law school to study the kingdom of God and to get your predestined position in the kingdom of God and your relationship with Jesus Christ, the eternal king of the kingdom in order. The urgent message of this podcast is that the way you study, practice, and become a part of the kingdom now will qualify you for whatever level of authority you will have throughout all of eternity. And by applying the principles of this podcast correctly, you will see transformations in the power of your personality, the power of your prayers, and the power of your prosperity. Now, before jumping in, we want to say a very sincere thank you to all of our sponsors. Those of you who have done a one-time donation, thank you. And especially, thank you to those who do monthly recurring donations. Those of you who are our monthly sponsors, we do this because of your generosity. And if you're interested in becoming a monthly sponsor... You can do so by going to redcircle.com slash the dash kingdom dash podcast slash donations. And if you didn't quite follow all of those dashes and slashes, simply go to the description that you can find in the link on whatever platform you use to access this podcast. And we have a link there in the description. I also want to let you know that you can always contact us at thekingdompodcaster at gmail.com. And uh, if you are a monthly subscriber, you know that you get unlimited email support, answers to questions and advice for your life directly from me. And one more benefit for the monthly sponsors is that you get access to the full feature-length version of each of our podcasts. And so that includes everything that we're going to do now, plus bonus content, which is additional answers to questions, analysis of our case studies, and survey responses. All of that comes with the bonus content, and monthly subscribers, monthly sponsors always get that. So again, you can become a monthly sponsor by finding the link in the description or emailing me at thekingdompodcaster at gmail.com. And we would love for you to get all the benefits of being a sponsor starting today. Okay, let's jump into today's case study. And today we're looking at the case of Espino versus the senior pastor. So Espino versus the senior pastor. And the essential question that we want to answer in this episode is, does going to church regularly or at all qualify you to be a part of the kingdom of God? And so before we jump into that question, I want to give a bit of commentary on this essential question. You know, throughout my life, as I've talked to people about the Lord, In my daily walk, whenever I ask people if they believe in God, I get two answers that are pretty common. 
One answer is, yeah, I go to church. And then the other answer is, yes, I grew up Catholic. Neither answer really sufficiently answers the question. But I want to take a close look at that first answer, that first response. I've learned that most people equate going to church with believing in God. Now, I don't want to discredit anything about going to church. I love going to church. I know that we're called by the scripture to go to church. Hebrews 10.25 says, Don't forsake the assembly together, as the manner of some is. That just means make sure that as believers you get together, fellowship, love each other, and get unified in the spirit. So church is a is an important mandate in the scripture. But I also know that people go to church for different reasons. Some go to church to impress, to keep up an image, to feel good. Um, and they may do it for many other reasons. And there's no scripture that says if you faithfully attend church, then we know you're a believer. Furthermore, if going to church doesn't do the job of qualifying you as a believer, then it certainly doesn't qualify you as a part of the kingdom. So what does? Well, let's look at a case study here. And again, this is Espino versus the senior pastor. Now, in this case study, we have a young man who's a believer. His name is Robert Espino. He is a 16-year-old male Latino from West Covina, California. And in this particular case, Robert Espino is a young man seeking to grow in God. And so he asks his spiritual leader or his senior pastor of his local church if he can be a part of a ministry at the church called Kingdom Alliance. Okay, the Kingdom Alliance. Now, the senior pastor tells him, no, he can't join. And the senior pastor explains that he doesn't attend church regularly enough to be a part of the Kingdom Alliance. And in fact, the alliance is set apart for those who are a part of the Kingdom of God. Then the senior pastor gives Robert this advice. He tells him to join the deacon board and to show up every Sunday without missing for three years, three years, and then he'll be ready to join the Kingdom Alliance. Okay, so that is the circumstance that we're dealing with today. We've got this young man who's seeking to grow in God. He likes the idea of this Kingdom Alliance group at his church, but the senior pastor tells him, no, you can't join. You don't attend church regularly enough, and pastor tells him that this group is set aside for people who are in the kingdom of God. So that pastor is making a distinction there and really suggesting um, that this young man is not a part of the kingdom of God. And the, the uh, pastor gives him some, some chores. You know, he's got to come regularly. He's got to join the deacon board. And he can't miss a Sunday for three years. And then he'll be ready to join. Okay. Before we jump into analyzing this case, let's lay down some definitions and some principles and some proofs. So first, 
let's do definitions. The first definition is the church. Let's define the church, okay? So two definitions here. One definition says that the church is a company of all Christians considered as a mystic spiritual body. Another definition says that the church is a building for public, especially Christian worship. Okay, so we understand what the church is from those definitions. And now we should probably define the kingdom. All right, the kingdom of God. So a kingdom is a political or territorial unit ruled by a king or queen. Another definition says a kingdom is the realm over which God's sovereignty extends. So we bring up those two definitions because we want to make sure we understand the difference between the church and the kingdom. So probably in the most common understanding of church, it goes with that second definition, which is a building for public, especially Christian worship. And so when this senior pastor tells this young man that he's got to attend church more regularly, he is more likely than anything talking about church in terms of that second definition, which again, it's a building, which is a place of worship, especially Christian worship. But then the pastor says that the group, the Kingdom Alliance, is set apart for people who are in the kingdom of God. So now let's look at what a kingdom is. You'll notice that a kingdom is not the same as a church. In fact, the definition for kingdom is a political or territorial unit ruled by a king or queen. Okay, the other definition is the realm over which God's sovereignty extends. I would like to take those two definitions together. I think they both kind of round out what we should understand about the kingdom. Number one, the kingdom is not, it doesn't say it's a building. It says that the kingdom is a unit. It's both a political and a territorial unit. And so what we understand about that is that there's something having to do with politics, with the kingdom. And what would the kingdom have to do with politics? Well, politics, in one definition, is the governmental distribution of power. And so we know that God has all power, but he distributes power in and among his children, those children who are part of the kingdom. And the kingdom children use that power, that very power, in order to do the works of God in the earth. It actually takes power. It takes strength. It takes courage. It takes political fortitude to do the will of God in the earth. And that's what the kingdom does. It distributes this power. Um, and it distributes, distributes the power throughout the territorial unit ruled by the king. The king is Jesus and the territorial unit is the realm over which the government of God reigns. And so wherever the power of God is being implemented, it is also the area or the realm in which the government of Jesus Christ, our King, is reigning to the glory of the Father. So here you have the church. It's a building where people worship God. But the kingdom is the distribution of power. It's the rulership in the realm where God's government reigns. And that is a big difference. Now, you have those definitions. 
So let's jump into the principles and the proofs that will help us to further understand the difference between church and kingdom. Because if we understand that difference, then we can start to analyze what this pastor said to Robert Espino. Okay, so number one, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not of this world. In fact, Jesus said that in a conversation with Pilate. You can read that in John 18, 36. So that's our scriptural proof is John 18, 36. When Jesus tells Pilate, he says, my kingdom, my kingdom. So we know it belongs to Jesus. My kingdom is not of this world. He said, if it were of this world, his servants would come and fight for him. But they don't fight because his kingdom is not of this world. So there's a distinction that the kingdom is not of this world. But the church is. In fact, we can read in Acts chapter 2, where the church began, how the how there were 3,000 people added to the church. And you can track one principle here with the church is that you can actually track when someone joins the church and how they join. It may be a baptism. We've seen that in scripture. Um, it may be that they break bread together. Look at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8. So you can track when someone joins a church or attends a church. But according to John chapter 3, you cannot track when someone enters the kingdom. Okay, so look at John chapter 3, verse 8, where it says, You can't know when, where, or how wind is coming or going, but you feel the wind. And that's everyone who was born of the Spirit. Earlier, Jesus said, you must be born of the Spirit in order to see or enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So he compares entering the kingdom of God to the wind. You can't see it coming. You don't know where it's going, but you feel the wind. You can sense it. You can observe it in the Spirit, but you literally cannot track it. I heard one minister say, we can't explain the born-again experience. Because it's a supernatural, non-earthly thing. It's, a, it's an event that happens in the spirit. Even Jesus said, you must be born of the water and the spirit. Okay, that is a spiritual reality that you can't track. But but you, you can feel it. You can feel when someone comes in the power of the kingdom. You, you don't know how they did it. You don't know where it's going. But you can feel that. And so the principle that we have here is that you can track church attendance. You can track when someone uh, joins the church or when someone um, becomes a part of a, a local assembly. But you cannot track when someone enters the kingdom of God. Another thing Jesus said is that in order to enter the kingdom, you must be like a child. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is made up of children and those who are like children. He said, you must humble yourself like a child or you would never enter the kingdom of heaven. He said that the kingdom was uh, made up of such of these ones talking about children. 
And so these are just some principles and proofs to think about as we delve into our circumstance. So again, you have this pastor who pretty much tells this young man seeking to know the Lord more and seeking to join this kingdom alliance that no, you know, he doesn't attend church enough and he's not, you know, a part of the kingdom. He suggests that he's not a part of the kingdom. Well, let's go through our line of questions. Number one, is this a kingdom issue? Is what's going on in this circumstance a kingdom issue? I would say potentially, if you look at it one way, and it's because, you know, Robert wants to join this kingdom alliance. I would say that could be a kingdom issue right there. Because, you know, maybe to him, joining the kingdom alliance is a manifestation or it indicates that he wants to participate or become an active participant in the kingdom of God. You know, maybe Robert is reading about the kingdom in the Bible and he sees that he's got a kingdom alliance in his church. So maybe this is the way that he is, you know, carrying out his mandate to enter the kingdom. Uh, we would have to look deeper, though, into Robert's motives, and we don't have that information. But besides that fact, what we do see is that the senior pastor, he, the way he frames Robert's understanding of the kingdom in response to what Robert is asking, that is a kingdom issue. Because look at what the senior pastor says. The senior pastor says that Robert has to do certain things to qualify as being a part of the kingdom of God. So, so the senior pastor, because the senior pastor is framing the qualifications of entering the kingdom of God, now we have a kingdom issue. Because a certain you know spiritual leader is giving their understanding about what it means to enter the kingdom. Now, the fact that the senior pastor is framing entering the kingdom in this particular way whether he's doing it truthfully or falsely, the fact that he's framing the qualifications of entering the kingdom to this young man, that makes it a kingdom issue. Okay? So let's go to our second question. So now we, we can say for sure that this is a kingdom issue. The second question is, did Jesus experience this? Did Jesus experience this? Well, was Jesus ever told or given a certain set of, you know, parameters for entering the kingdom of God? I don't think so. I would say no, I don't think so. Jesus, he was the one that actually came teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God. I believe that the religious leaders of his day were pretty much unaware about the kingdom. And so it was Jesus that was often saying the kingdom is, you know, is at hand. And John the Baptist said that. So I don't think Jesus dealt with this same circumstance in the way that Robert Espino did. But what we do see is that Jesus, you know, experienced this issue a different way. You know, even though Jesus didn't personally confront this challenge, we do see that Jesus confronts this challenge in a different way. So let's look at two situations. One situation, Jesus' disciples rebuke a, a set of children. These children are trying to come to Jesus. They're trying to spend time with Jesus. And Jesus' own disciples rebukes those children. They're like, you know, telling them to get away. 
But Jesus turns and rebukes his disciples. And then he goes to the children and he says, allow the children to come to me. For these are the ones who make up the kingdom of heaven. So we do see an issue similar to what is happening with Robert. Robert Espino is rebuked by a senior pastor. He's told he's not in the kingdom, that he can't join. And the same thing kind of happens with Jesus' own disciples. And Jesus rebukes the disciples and tells them that the children should be able to come to him because they specifically make up the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus invokes the framing of the kingdom in the same conversation as allowing these children to come to him. And I think that that stands out as a pretty clear example of, you know, Jesus's thoughts on young people, you know, having access to the kingdom of God. But if that wasn't enough, we have another uh, example where Jesus rebukes religious leaders of his day. He tells them in Luke chapter 11, verse 52, he says that they did not enter in to the key of knowledge and they restricted other people from entering in and to getting the key, the keys of knowledge. And while he doesn't specifically invoke, you know, the term kingdom, we can assume that when Jesus says that these religious leaders were keeping people out of the key of knowledge, that he's talking about the kingdom. Why? Well, because in Mark chapter 16, when we hear Jesus talk about keys, he's talking about giving Peter the keys to the kingdom. And so when we see Jesus talk about keys, we see a kingdom implication. And so this may be another example where Jesus is, you know, framing his desire for people being allowed to enter the kingdom of, of heaven. And he rebuked religious leaders for restricting people from having the understanding and the knowledge for getting in. Well, given that, we can move to question three. Question three says, what does the word of God say about this? Well, we just gave two examples, but we also want to give more. So other than Jesus, no other, you know, no person ever told a young believer what to do to enter the kingdom of God. So again, you know, besides Jesus, we don't see what happened with Robert Espino happening in any other way that, that I know of. But we do see that Paul did tell Timothy what to do to be a good minister. We saw that Peter, you know, he told many people what to do to join the church. But really only Jesus gave guidelines for how to enter the kingdom. And Jesus said that you have to be born of the water and the spirit. And you have to become humble as a child to enter. To enter into the kingdom. And so we should take note that this is not, you know, the direction that the senior pastor gave to Robert Espino. Number four, this question says, do you have any responsibility in the matter? We'll have to modify this question to ask, you know, does Robert have any responsibility or does the senior pastor have any responsibility? For Robert, I would say he does. Okay. And this is my commentary at this point. But I think Robert has a responsibility to 
on his own, researched the requirements for joining the Kingdom Alliance. So that's something that I would encourage young people to do if they're interested in joining ministry. They should do some research. The other thing that I would say, Robert has a, an obligation or a responsibility to do, is that he should definitely pray. He should take the requirements for joining, his desire for joining, directly to God and ask God for his advice and his will. We know that Robert's responsibility here is essentially, you know, to follow God's leading and to follow God's guidelines. And we see an example of this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. This is a very familiar scripture, but it cannot be overstated. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your paths. And I think that this is... Um, especially important for Robert in his situation to seek God, to seek God's guidance for whether to join this group. And, um, you know, only after getting the go-ahead from God should Robert continue on in his pursuit and in, in approaching the senior pastor about joining. On the other side of the coin, I believe the senior pastor has a responsibility to do what Jesus said in the scripture, which was suffer the little children or allow the little children to come to Jesus. And by extension, I think we can include this young 16 year old man. You know, this would this would mean that the pastor really should invite this young man to um, have a deeper interest in godly things rather than restricting him. You know, this pastor's responsibility is first to pray and seek God about this young man's requests and the motives of his heart. And as a pastor, he should steer this young man in the way that he should go so that when he's old, he doesn't depart from that. And finally, this pastor should heed the warning that we brought up before, you know, from Luke chapter eleven fifty two, that Jesus told religious leaders that they should not restrain people, especially youth, from getting the keys of knowledge and not to put burdens on people that are too hard to bear. And I think we see a little bit of that coming from this senior pastor. Question number five, do they have legal rights to carry out their responsibilities? For Robert, again, his responsibility to, res to research the Kingdom Alliance and to seek God about joining this ministry. However, he does not have legal rights to seek, you know, any kind of a higher level of ministry if he has any active sin in his life, if he is being easily, uh, you know, disturbed or distracted by the enemy, and if he is not living in a lifestyle that is an overcoming lifestyle. If those things aren't the case, then this young man should not be seeking any kind of higher level ministry or joining a group. So in order for him to have the, the legal rights to this, you know, responsibility, he's got to be spiritually pure. He's got to be clean and not in active sin and in a repentant state. Um, the same thing really goes for the pastor. If this pastor is in sin 
or in an unrepentant state, you know, how will he hear from God about this young man? How will he be able to direct this young man? How will he be able to give this young man the right requirements, if any? And so this this pastor must submit um, even even, you know, when he's giving advice to a young man, he must submit to a clean lifestyle and an overcoming lifestyle before he gives that. And also, he must submit his advice, you know, that he's going to give the young man to God first. You know, he can't just spitball requirements for joining a ministry. Even administrative things that have to do with ministry, like you have to do this before you can join those things should always come before the counsel of God in prayer by any spiritual leader before, you know, they they go and get issued out to the people, the sheep, the congregation. And the reason why is because you don't want the devil to have any kind of a foothold for any reason. Even in the administrative part of a, of a church or of ministry, you know, the administrative pieces of how things are run and the paperwork and the forms, even that stuff should be um, brought into the counsel of God so that the enemy can't use the administrative parts of ministry to corrupt it or pervert it. Well, um, we'll leave it right there for now, and we will pick this back up with more analysis and answers to questions. Um, in our sponsor-only portion of this segment. So if you want to hear more about our analysis on this, please become a monthly sponsor. And that way you can get the the rest, the bonus content. Um, and we will still um, be tackling questions such as, should regular church attendance be a requirement for a young person wanting to get involved more in church? Question number two that we Hope to tackle well is that can the pastor even know whether Espino is in the kingdom or not? And then question three, how should the senior pastor equip this young man to spur him on in his pursuit of the kingdom? So we will catch all of you who are monthly sponsors on the other side of this podcast. And for those who aren't, find the link in the description join us and continue to um, track with us thank you for joining this particular podcast and we're going to leave you you all here and take our monthly sponsors to the next segment thank you for joining and god bless